Welcome back to The Hangover on BTSC Radio. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. I am hanging out with Shannon White and Tony Defio, guys that I love to hang out with. I'd love to hang out with these guys in person. We need to we need to go watch a Steelers game to, together in Pittsburgh at a bar one night. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, I guarantee you there'd be a lot of fun food. And with Tony there, there'd be tons of babes. So uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, I they do know I'm a blogger, so <laughs> I blog, baby. I blog. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> with that being said uh gentlemen you know we're we're feeling the loss everybody's feeling the loss i think based on the first half though that and i'm seeing it in the live chat too we can see that there is some light on this team there's gonna be frustration and if you're frustrated i don't blame you you're allowed to be frustrated but don't give up yet that's that's the thing don't don't throw in the terrible towel just yet and then think about it and let's see if we can come up with a solution and with tony's influence maybe he could take it to coach t and uh and maybe we can make a change here but we asked a question right before our halftime when we were talking about ben roethlisberger there is a huge narrative right now that naji harris is only as good as his offensive line. And that was the fear when he was drafted. The sad thing is that's coming true because we're seeing signs of brilliance in Najee Harris. He's turning three-yard losses into one-yard gains. Right. Tony, the one-yard gains aren't good enough, but we can see that he is he's the real deal. Right. So... With that being said, Tony, is Ben Roethlisberger being held back by this offensive line because he's having no time to throw? Ten pressures yesterday, a lot. Right. Oh, uh, there, there's no doubt. I mean, we, we saw how, how much he struggled even in like 2008 when they, when they went to the Super Bowl and won it. I mean, he struggled a lot that, that year to, to put up numbers. But the thing is, I've heard this said too about offensive lines, and is when it, you know, when you're talking about running backs and, and and quarterbacks, like a good quarterback can make up for a a, a poor offensive line, whereas a a, a great uh, offensive line can make any running back look good. So the question is, uh, does Ben at 39 have it in him to to make up for this line, and and through through the second half of last year and through two games this year, it doesn't look like it. But then again, like Shannon said, and this is something that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to ask you about is you know, people keep talking about how they're not utilizing the middle of the field. And we saw that like these graphics that were posted on Twitter on Monday, that the next gen stats and, and you know, the, 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 the all the passes that went to the, the sidelines and, and, and be, like behind the line of scrimmage, but nothing over the middle of the field. Is it just because of the defense or is it because they're just not, He's not. Uh, they're, they're just not scheming anybody open over the middle. I. I, I don't know. Shannon, maybe you, maybe you guys can answer that question. Shannon, that's all you. It's a lot of it's the defense that's being played. Um, you know, starting out, you know the the weakness they was there in the the Steelers to get throw it deep. You know, they're not going to let them run it. They're going to have everybody between you know within five yards to ten yards of the line of scrimmage. A lot of guys on the outside with single coverage, and and they're going to have to hit some of them passes. Um, the problem is, is you have to hold the ball more than two seconds 
to throw mm-hmm. those passes. If you notice, Ben's dropping back three or four steps and then lobbing it. You know, I mean, you seen the one throw he made to Deontay Johnson down the sidelines. Uh, it had a lot of mustard on that throw. Right. But he was able to step up. And but usually he's he's almost throwing it as he's fading back. He's you know get on his fourth step, plant and, and lob it, and you know and then he's waiting on Claypool to run under it and try to you know win a contested catch. Um. Then in the second half, they started to leave that open of the the middle of the field open more, but but they're not looking for it. And by that point, they wasn't looking. There was a lot of times I thought Harris could have floated right through the line. And he was wide open in the middle of the field or Fryermuth as well. Uh, but if they're, the defense they were playing uh, early in the game takes away that middle of the field, uh, unless you go over the top. And uh, so it, it's it's been a combination of things. Uh, you know, lack of chemistry, unfamiliarity with the scheme. Ben said they don't even have a, a no-huddle package yet. Hmm. Uh, you know, there, there's just – it's in the infancy stages, uh, but I think that that there is potential, and we're seeing glimpses of things that can be uh, positives, like with Harris and Firemuth. Uh, but you know, again, we we can't have this kind of overreaction to panic after two games. All right. Um, one last thing on the offensive line, and I want to call out somebody here on Facebook. And before I do that, I want to say something here. We've got commenters on YouTube and we've got commenters on Facebook. And I hate this because if you're on YouTube, you can only see the YouTube comments in the comment section, which is a shame because you can't see the Facebook comments. And we have such a great community here where you guys become friends and you know each other and rely on each other. And it's it stinks because you can't see what Facebook's saying. Facebook can't see, see what YouTube's saying. So I'm going to try to bring some of these up. There are some very, I mean, we've got red on one side for for YouTube, blue for Facebook, and it's it's a shame that the reds and blues can't make purple, even though purple's Raven's color. So, okay, so let's throw that out. But, I mean, I, I wish you guys could see what everybody's seeing. I, if StreamYard could change that and make that better, that would be awesome. I would love if they can possibly do that. But I got to call out somebody here, not in a bad way, just the fact Sherry Richards stole my thunder. Oh, this was my big question. Zach Banner could be back in week four. What kind of difference would Zach Banner, the Hulk, make, especially to this running game? It might not make a huge difference in the passing game, but is he better than Chooks? Tony, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, we know his strength is, is, uh, the running game, uh, guard, uh, blocking for the run. So, I mean, he, he has to be better than Shooks in that regard. I mean, he really does. And I think he's bigger. Uh, he has a, uh, he has a demeanor that's closer to Dotson and, and green, uh, and Dan Moore and, and Adrian Clem. He has that kind of demeanor to get in your face kind of thing where Shooks doesn't really have that. At least doesn't appear that he does. And of course, Trey Turner. So I, I would, I would say he, it would definitely be a difference in, in, in help. And once again, that is if he is healthy, and the hope is that he is healthy at this point. Uh, it was a year on week one, so hopefully that he will be ready to go. We saw him in action 
in, I believe it was the Detroit, the, the third preseason game. Um, David Post says Dave Schofield is better than Chooks. So here's the question, Shannon White, that I've got to ask you. And Dave Schofield was a very good offensive lineman. Do not sleep on how good Dave was. He was he was a left tackle. He was a big guy. I think he spent more time doing the shot put, though. And hmm. he was a very good shot putter that people don't know, know these things. But here's the question to you. Who keeps their job when Zach Banner gets back? Dan Moore Jr. on the left side or Chooks on the left side? Because Zach Banner is coming back to be the right tackle if he comes back. So who is your left tackle going forward? Do you keep the Dan Moore experience going? Or do you go back with Chooks, who was underwhelming at best? has to be Dan Moore. He's been the best tackle, period, in in for the Steelers this year. He was at camp in the preseason, and he has been thus far in the regular season. Um, the Steelers have not had the opportunity. They wanted to have Green, Trey Turner, and Banner on that right side. And that was one of the things they were planning on to try to help and develop that running game to give power on that side and help Harris uh, develop. And, you know, of course, Banner being out is throwing a monkey wrench in that plans. The The thing I'm most disappointed with the whole spitting incident was that Turner was playing a good game yesterday. Um, he looked better yesterday than he did week one. And, uh, you know, he has Okraford playing next to him. And then he has Green, who is hmm. Green, playing hmm. on the other side. So, you know, a lot of times he's having to help one or the other. And I, I thought he was doing a, a decent job yesterday. But then everything was overshadowed by, you know, his ejection. But, um, no, it has to be Banner at right tackle, as you say. Uh, Dan Moore, uh, again, yesterday he just fought. You know, he had some tough matchups, but he really fought. Uh, and played, uh, you know, a solid game for a rookie. And uh, he, he has a lot of fight in him, and, and he gives that extra effort. I can't say that about Okrafer. And so, to me, Chooks is going to be the swing tackle if Banner could come back healthy. All right, sorry for the pause. I'm just laughing at Steelers Freak. I've seen Walmart shopping carts give more resistance than Shooks. Poor Shooks. <laughs> I like Shooks. Yeah, yeah. Um, James Galway, Steelers just played two playoff contenders, breathe. And, you know, James, I think that's something we're trying to do. I, I think that really is. But anytime, gosh, when they won, there were still – I mean, remember last year when they were winning games in that streak? We were we were oh, predicting yeah. the end and we were freaking out, and then they were seven and oh and eight and oh, and then eventually eleven and oh, and we were freaking out. So that's a, that that's what we do. That's exactly what we do. We Steeler Nation, our fans, me included, we're the equivalent of the boyfriend that is afraid that we're going to lose our girl. That's what it is. We're just, we're just paranoid and we're just, we love it so much. We're afraid it's all going to end. And that's kind of what happens 
even when they win and when they lose. So that's that's kind of what the hangover is about. This is a therapy group. We, we might even have to change it to uh, from the hangover to group therapy, Steelers group therapy. <laughs> that 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 could be. That, that could be, hey, that might be the next show. I'm the podcast producer. That could, that could be it. Um, we can put Shannon in like a hat in, in an Argyle sweater and a pipe. And, uh, and he could analyze, <laughs> he could analyze our fans and, and make them feel better and, and talk them down. Um, so guys, we're going to, we're going to go to now Q&A. So I'm going to ask you all to go ahead and bring your questions in. Um, I haven't even really read this question, but I see a question mark. So let's just go with this. Mark Lake, do the Steelers still impose a home field advantage? They lose way more games now at home than I remember them losing in years gone by. I was thinking about that today because, yeah, they're a, they do lose games at home now. Is the home field advantage gone in football, Shannon White? And has the Steelers lost the home field advantage as well? Now, the home field advantage uh, is still exists uh, for a lot of teams around the league. I, I was talking about this yesterday during the game. If Even when the game started, if you looked up, there was a lot of empty seats. You know, Pittsburgh, they're famous for getting into their seats late, you know, halfway through the first quarter. You know, they're, they're still tailgating. Um, you don't see that in all the states. Uh, but it was like it yesterday, and, I, and and you know, my wife was like, "I thought it was a sellout." I said, "It is. It just <laughs> they're not there yet. You know, they're right. not in their seats." Um, but after a while, I think it almost becomes like a mental thing that when you lose a few home games, you know, especially like they they did towards the end of last year and, and that playoffs, and then um, that when things start to go bad. You know, you can feel it. The crowd is, they're anticipating something bad going to happen. You know, they start to question whether they're going to be able to win this or not. It affects the enthusiasm of the crowd. It affects the enthusiasm of the players because uh, they feed off that crowd. And uh, so, yeah, the home field advantage for the Steelers ain't what it used to be. Um, I I don't think the Renegade has the same effect as it used to have. Um, and... I don't know how you get that back, but uh, I, I still am more confident when they're playing at home, but uh, you, you kind of start to wonder now. So, Tony, let me bring up Rans87, IROC Z. And uh, whatever he had, is that an IROC? That is an IROC Z. There, I guess it's an 87 IROC Z. That's really cool. Will they pick up someone to replace Tyson being he's out for the season? What are your thoughts there? I don't know. I was thinking about that. I think in a perfect world, uh, they would get to it back uh, within a couple of weeks. But I don't know from what I hear, he might not even come back uh, before the end of the year. Uh, I think there's there's a lot to like about Bugs and, and Carlos Davis. And, and of course, Loudermilk is, is uh, everybody's excited about him based on the preseason. But I don't think you can rely on, on those three young guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, playing if, if, if you don't have uh, both to it in the Lua Lua alongside Hayward. So I think they, I think they can, I don't know if it's going to be a, a free agent though. They might tr try to swing a trade, even though they don't have a whole lot of draft capital to do that anymore, but I think they are going to bring somebody in. I think they almost have to, I think you, you can't lose 
two veterans like that, meaning a Lualu and, and, and Tuit, and not and not bring somebody in. I mean, Wormley's nice and everything. He's a good a veteran, but he's not he's not a Lualu as far as a, a different being being able to come in and contribute. So yeah, I think they are. So Shannon Bert Tavares wants Geno Atkins. Is that a possibility? Nah, I think Geno's done. Yeah. Um, I, I thought he was, um, you know, last year. Uh, so I don't think he's gotten any younger. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think that they will – I'm not – I don't think they'll pick up anybody. Where they're bringing Mondo up from the – you know, they activated him to the, the, the roster today. Um, I think they believe in Carlos Davis. Um, you know, he, he's dealing with that knee injury. See, I don't know how bad that is, but if he's close to coming back, um, I, I think that they'll try to have a, a, you know, a rotation inside, um, of Davis and, uh, louder milk. Um, they also have bugs and they have Mondo. Uh, and, uh, so I, I think they're still okay there. If they do bring in somebody, I would expect somebody on the line, especially a tackle. Uh, but I just don't know who's out there worth, you know, uh, going after at the moment. So we might just have to rely on what we got already. So here's the thing. They kept so many defensive linemen. Being able to shuffle Mondo back and forth, I, I kind of think they're going to stay there. I think they're going to keep this in-house. You mentioned the fact that you, who you think they love. I think they love Chris Wormley. And I think Chris Wormley is probably a Tyson. I'm not saying a clone, but he's a lot in the same situation as Tyson, where I think you can get a lot out of him by moving him in. The key is to get to it back and move Wormley on in the inside. You yeah. have you have the possibility you've got bugs there to fill in at some point, you know, they do. I agree with Shannon. They like Carlos Davis, but that knee is a problem and they've got a project that they love in louder milk. Um, he might be able to see some action. We have some people in the live chat. Um, even Dallas, Dallas, a good friend of the show says have louder make play, play RT for God's sake, <laughs> which my gosh, he's an athlete. He's a big man, yeah. He's huge. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I but mean, they're going to stay in house. Go ahead. Right. Well, no, I mean, I, I, I agree. You know, if they get to it back, I feel a ton, uh, so much better about that defensive line because you know, him and him and Hayward, when they're, well, you know what Hayward can do. But when two, it's when two, it's uh, on his game and 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 really playing well. I mean, he's 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 hard to stop. So yeah, if you, if you have Hayward and two, it in there, then that makes up. Uh, a lot for, for the, the uh, loss of Baloo Baloo. All right. Brian Brown asked, why is it the Steelers are so ready to abandon the run game? I get it. The offensive line is subpar, but don't you still have to try? Hmm. Tony? Well, I mean, I, I guess it all depends on what you mean by try. I mean, if you're 10, 15, 16 carries in, in and the running game hasn't been established, well, it's hard to, it's hard to ask a quarterback like Roethlisberger, one who's been around, for as long as he has to just say, all right, keep handing it off. It's like the beginning of, of uh, necessary roughness when they kept calling that running play and it, 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 they kept uh, stopping it for 10 yard losses. And finally the quarterback said, you know what, screw it. Let's, let's throw it deep. So, you know, they've had what 30, 
31 carries by uh, Harris over the last two games. And I, he has what, like 80 some yards. I'm not blaming him, but I think he's a special talent. We've seen it in glimpses, but when, when, when you're having such a hard time uh, running the ball through 10, 15, 16 carries in a game, it, it's hard to keep going back to that, especially when it's third quarter and you're, and you're trailing you're, you're going to want to, you know, just sit heck with it and start uh, uh, passing. Jesse E. Harris Jr., can you talk about why we don't run in the I formation? The D-line will be okay when it comes back. Shannon? One thing that uh, Tony said that uh, I, I, we got to get – we got to stick with the run. Um, I would like to see some variety with being under center, what, coming in, you know, as a blocker, uh, and try to get the a little bit going. I think they might do that more with Banner back at right tackle, uh, where they'll have more of a power formation. Then I think it makes more sense to use two tight ends, bring in what you know, uh, and, and try to establish that because you you do have to. It's a mindset. You you know, if it ain't working in the beginning, you got to keep trying. I was I was impressed with the one. The first, I think it was the first run of the game where being uh, pitched it out to Harris out wide trying to get him on the corner, but I think it was Juju missed the block, so it wasn't successful. But I like that Harris out in space, you know, one-on-one with the defender. A lot of times he's going to make something out of that. I wish they'd have went back to it. So in that way, they definitely do need to stick with that running game uh, more than they are and, and not check out of it all the time. Uh, but I, I know Ben doesn't like to be under center a lot because it's harder blocking, you know, backing up, uh, but he definitely, they need to mix that up better. Uh, and I think they'll have more success. All right, Tony, uh, we're running out of time, but we'll answer a few more quick questions. So let's go in rapid mode. This is a Tony question. Dallas asks, when will we reach the next Super Bowl? I think it's about four to five years away. Tony, crystal ball, when are they winning the, making the next Super Bowl? I'd say about three years. How's that? All right, I, I like that. I like that. So, and I also wanted to bring up, and this is just merely a comment. This is Ariel 75. No more trades, please. Play with what you got before you ruin the future today. I, You know what? Shannon, let's turn that into a question. Do trades at this point do nothing but jeopardize the future? Because are you going to get a benefit out of a trade right now? It depends on what how it affects your future. Like Loudermilk, they give up draft capital but he looks like he's going to be somebody who can develop along the lines of a, 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 a poor man's Cam Hayward. So he would be worth, you know, the draft pick. The main thing is, is, is you have to build the foundation for the future. And, you know, if you think you could do it this draft, you know, that's the time to do it. If it means trading up or whatever, if you can bring in a guy, that you feel like you can, you know, will benefit you long-term for the next two or three years, you know, it, it's worth the, the draft capital because a draft pick is not a for sure thing. You you pick a guy and you and he comes in, you hope. A lot of times if you're trading for a, a player that you already know what you're getting, you know, a proven performer in the NFL, 
it's worth it. But it's all about building that foundation. And I've said that the last two Steelers drafts have been foundation stabilizing drafts. When you have that many uh, eight out of nine guys making the roster. Uh, so it ain't just, you know, the, the draft capital. It's, you know, how you build your foundation for the future out of those picks. You know what? I, I want to mention this. I, um, David Post says Minka was brought in during the year and made an impact, not saying they should trade a first rounder this year. Yeah, if you're going to make a trade, and I want to jump on and piggyback with uh, Mark Tobin too. We gave up capital for Minka and Bush, and look what happened. Yeah, t- Shannon's right. If it's the right trade, yeah, I mean, you you can give up a first rounder if you're going to get a Minka. You know, if you're going to get that guy. If, my gosh, if Xavier Howard becomes available right now, for a first round pick, I think a lot of people are going to do it. I mean, uh, right. going to yell, do it. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying there. So there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of things to consider. But if you're looking at bringing in a guy like, and this is no offense because I I love the trade and I'm still behind the trade. But what I was trying to get at was if you bring in an Avery Williamson at Halloween like they did last year that guy was at a inv- disadvantage because he did not have a chance to uh, to really learn that system and he was just thrown into the mix. So that's kind of where that question was. So I I kind of uh, I kind of like all those answers too. So I appreciate that. Um so with that being said, let's go ahead and wrap things up. I got to thank everybody. Great questions tonight. And I, I will say this. I thought if you look at the live chat, there was actually a little sea change as far as pessimism went to cautious, optimistic, you know, intentions and questions to uh, see how this thing can be can be fixed. Um, but I I am going to say this. I mean, it could be easier said than done. Jesse E. Harris Jr. says, "OMG, it's not rocket science." You know, what I mean, and that could be that could be for anything. You know, I mean, I'm not sure what that comment was for, but it, he's right. You know, there's sometimes you get back to basics, and sometimes you just uh, figure out that little thing that's holding you back. So, and a lot we we think we know what's holding it back. It's fixing it that that could be the problem. But once again, thank you so much, Shannon. Final thoughts. Just keep the faith, everybody. Just keep the faith. Uh, you know, this week's another game and another opportunity to for great things to happen, uh, for progress to be made. And, and, you know, it's early. So, you know, there's a lot to look forward to. So just keep the faith. Tony, I'm going to ask you your final thoughts, but I'm going to uh, set it up with this. James Galway says, start by beating the Bengals. It could be as simple as that. Will there be a, a sea change in your mind and a lot of people's minds? And you're being pretty optimistic, so I'm not. I don't want to throw that on you. If they just go ahead and beat the Bengals and and move forward, do you think that we can move forward and feel a lot better with just one win next week? Oh, of course. You know, especially if if, if it's, it's an impressive kind of win. I'm not. I'm not saying it will be, but if it's a if it's something along the lines of a couple of years ago when the uh, Bengals came in here for Monday night football and, and Mason Rudolph and the gang beat them up pretty well. I think if it's a game like that, 
it would certainly give uh, the fans a lot of, con- especially if you see uh, Matt Canada's fingerprints on, on the offense for, uh, finally, because people keep saying it looks a lot like last year's offense with Randy Fickner. If you start seeing Canada's influence more, and I'm not saying you're, 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 you haven't seen it because I'm not smart enough to, to, to be able to identify that. But, but if you start seeing that and, and, and I think people will be a lot more optimistic uh, again, it's just like Shannon said, like you guys said, it's just one game. Uh, and, and we, we knew it wasn't going to be easy for this team this year. They weren't going to go out and win 15, 16 games. It was going to be a struggle, and, but they were going to remain, remain in it until the end. As long as the defense can get healthy, I'm confident this team can be in it until the very end. All right. And Kathy Ford and I'll be there. Tony, remember you promised you're picking her up at the airport, right? <laughs> I am. I'll be there by 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, just, PM Tony there, Kathy. He'll pick you up. <laughs> Look, I'm <laughs> I'm a good driver. I'm a very very safe driver. Uh, he's like Rainman. I'm a good driver. I'm an excellent right. driver. Very, uh, of course, Wapner, Judge Wapner. <laughs> All <laughs> right, hey gentlemen, thank you so much. I feel better. This was a good therapy session for us. It is the hangover, and that's what we do. I want to bring up my good friend Nap 1963. He mentioned. He said, "Hey, this isn't a Steeler question, but has anybody watched Eli and?" Peyton Manning on Monday Night Football and their special commentary. I, I think it's actually pretty brilliant. I, th- I think it's fun listening to those guys. It's really entertaining. So uh, check that out too. That's that's a lot of fun. Um, also, with that being said, I've been doing this a lot lately. I've been trying to turn down CBS and and go on Steelers Nation Radio and turn up um bill and wolf and max starks and i gotta tell you i'm I'm really enjoying those guys as well this year still miss touch definitely miss touch you you feel that void but uh those guys are are fantastic so once again uh, lots lots to look forward to as far as the steelers and they they kind of bring it home they keep me home they they make me feel like i'm i'm back in in classic Steeler days. So I really enjoy those guys. So thank you so much. We will be here next week, but there's so many new shows, original shows coming out in the next week. There's going to be like, I always say 25 or 26 original shows. I've, uh, I put factor fiction on the shelf and now we're doing the week that it was. And it's my favorite show to do right now. Um, well, besides this with you guys. So check that out. Also check out tomorrow morning. It's going to be the live mic. We're going to have the fantasy football fix coming up. Jeffrey Benedict's tomorrow. Don't forget the stat geek. Uh, probably one of your, one of the best stat shows that you're ever going to hear, you know, Dave and it's uh nerds of steel. I love his new hashtag. Nerds of Steel, absolutely fantastic. So check all those guys out. There's so many, so many great shows too. Um, just if you're just watching right here on YouTube for your BTSC shows, man, you're missing out on a lot. And there's going to be more on that podcast platform. So anywhere you download your favorite podcast, make ours your favorite podcast. And that would be awesome. So For Tony Defio and Shannon White, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. And to quote the great Ric Flair and the late great Rowdy Roddy Piper, just when you think you've got all the answers, we keep changing the questions. Woo! Good night, BTSC Nation. We love you.